0: some common sense. Yes,
1: sir, they have the cars to and by the We
0: still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran of the NYPD, retired out of Manhattan North Homicide Squad. You know, folks, the election is over, and uh, Governor Kathy Hochul is now the governor of New York State. During the election, there was a lot of talk, of course, what we're involved in, and it's the crime business. And it seemed for some they were actually surprised that crime is a problem in New York City. I don't know how or why that could be a surprise when statistics are kept up on what the crime is in the city and tells everyone, and it's been well publicized, that crime in the subways has been a huge, huge problem. Um, folks getting pushed onto the tracks. Uh, one day there was either five or six separate incidents of people getting stabbed on the subway. I mean, that's a real problem. And I think some of the problem is, is the way that we now police the subways. Instead of it being proactive, it's reactive. And I that is proven by the huge amount of money that the MTA has spent in putting cameras in the subway system, which is a great idea. It's a great idea to have cameras. However, cameras catch the event as it's occurring. They don't prevent the crime. They absolutely help the police in capturing the perpetrator or perpetrators. However, it's not uh, proactive. It's, It's reactive. And what are some of the things in the subway station that can be proactive? The number one thing that the city went away from, which would help, I believe, in dropping crime immensely, is enforcing jumping the turnstile. That has been stopped in the last few years. And it used to be that jumping the turnstile was a class A misdemeanor, and you would get arrested for it. And as a result of that arrest, you would get what police call a toss which is a search because everyone that gets arrested is searched and it's everyone knows the law of arrest search incidental to lawful arrest. And during these searches, during these jumping of the turnstile, the transit police recovered hundreds and hundreds of guns. So it was so successful in forcing jumping the turnstile because it helped prevent other crimes. If someone's going on the subway system with a gun, they have bad intentions. You know, their intentions are not good if they're entering the subway system with a firearm. So I feel that we should go back to that, enforce jumping the turnstile as a class A misdemeanor. Instead, now it's enforced as a civil matter and there's no teeth in the law. So people simply get a summons for it. They don't get arrested. They don't go through the system. Now, how many people do you think that commit crimes on the subway? Do you think that they paid their fare? <laughs> I mean, I I doubt it. I doubt it. So just that in itself is a way to help crime fighting in the subway system is to enforce. The uh, jumping of the turnstile, and you know a lot of things in the, during this election. I think that um, Zeldin made it a about crime. It seemed like um, Governor Hochul, who got elected, we got you well, know, she was not elect. She was appointed by Andrew Cuomo when he resigned as governor. Um, she didn't seem to want to talk about crime, as if it wasn't a problem. And I want to play a little bit of um, this interview with MSNBC, and you'll see um, it seemed almost like Governor Hochul was blindsided in this interview, but she, I think she should have expected that um, that they were going to talk about uh,
2: Here's the problem. I don't feel safe. You might be working closely with Mayor Adams. You may have spent a whole lot of money, but... I walk into my pharmacy and everything is on lockdown because of shoplifters. I'm not going in the subway. People don't feel safe in this town, so you may have done these things, but right now we're not feeling good. We're worried we could be San Francisco.
0: Folks, many people, as you can see on the screen, uh, do not feel safe in the subway system. Um, crime's up 34.4% 34% in New York City. It's been surging at rates as high as 50% since 2020. And the subway system crime has been up much higher than on the subway. some extremely horrendous crimes in the subway, like pushed onto the tracks. Five standings in one day. So these are some of the things that we have to address in this administration. I the police in an investigation post. It's post. And it's a great thing that the MTA is spending millions of dollars on cameras. However, does that help the person writing this? Uh, I don't think so. I think that they have to be more proactive. One of the things that I just the camera, so the whole of the camera really I am to I'm to I'm the to it apprehend and helps in the investigation. However, it does not help um, in preventing in preventing the crime. So it's it, it's a it's a problem. And you know, subway crime is um, some of the worst crime in New York City. One of the things that uh, back in the day, the transit police had a fantastic anti crime unit, and They really blended in well with the riders, with the crowd. And I think it was um, the public appreciated that they had these undercover officers on the train. Now everyone knows there's no transit anti-crime. There's no street anti-crime. So bad guys used to be afraid of transit anti-crime. And I think that's a great thing. I think you should fear the police, you know especially down in the subway. Uh, So it's, it's, what are they going to do? What are they going to do to, to help um, get this crime thing under control in the subways? Are they going to again? what their answer was? um, Cameras and cameras doesn't really uh, help. I mean, other than in the investigation, um, after a series of this is a, in a New York Times article after a series of violent deaths on the subway raised concerns about safety in New York City, um, Governor Kathy Hochul and Mayor er- Eric Adams on, uh, announced a plan to increase the presence of police officers in the transit system. I think we would all welcome that. More, it costs a lot of money because they're going they're not going down there; they're going down there on overtime. Um, Ms. Hochul, Democrat who's less than, well, this was written before the election, said the state would help to pay for additional 1,200 overtime shifts per day for police officers to patrol the subway to keep New Yorkers safe, along with continuing to install cameras inside trains. Uh, uh, Governor Hochul said that many New Yorkers were concerned about crime on the subway and that she would focus on getting that sense of security back. Um Violence has persisted. There have been nine murders on the subway this year, a level that is much higher than in the five years before the pandemic when there were on average about two murders per year. I'm sure that doesn't make people that ride the subways feel good. A man was recently killed by a subway train in Queens after falling onto the tracks during a fight on the platform at rush hour and a 50-year-old boy was shot and killed on the subway in Queens. Another man was fatally stabbed while riding a train in Brooklyn last month And a homeless man was arrested for the murder. Mr. Adams noted that 40% of the murders were believed to have been committed by people with a history of mental problems. So that is a huge issue. And one of the things I know that they tried to do was to remove the homeless from the subway system. I mean, you would think that that would be just, hey, uh, you know, gee whiz. Of course you should do that. Homeless people should not be living in the subway system. They should not be living on the trains to the exclusion of paying passengers sitting on a subway seat, going to and from their jobs. Just just absolutely crazy, some of the stuff that we and other cities put up with in regards to um, crime on the subways, crimes on the street, mental mental, um, health people living on the street uh attacking citizens i mean it just is it's up to politicians to protect the citizenry to give the police the tools to do so and when they don't do that they're not doing their job and um that's that was one of the problems uh one of the big issues in this past election which of course we all know On Tuesday, November 8th, Governor Hochul was elected Uh, the governor. She'll be serving for at least four years. Potentially, she could be serving for eight years or even longer if she's reelected. But crime in New York City is a huge problem because not only is it a problem in regards to um, New York City and New York State, but there's some policies that have been put in place that seriously hamper the job of the NYPD. Number one, the diaphragm law. That's a law where it restricts the police from putting their knee or any part of their body on a perpetrator's body that would restrict the perpetrator's breathing while the officer got the perpetrator under control in order to get him cuffed. And if the officer is deemed to have put his weight on a perpetrator's back or whatever, and inhibited his diaphragm from moving, the officer can be charged with a misdemeanor. How can you expect the police to do their job when they're threatened with arrest? When they're threatened with arrest for doing their job? It's 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 really pretty outrageous. The other thing is bail reform. Bail reform has really hindered the police. Basically, it's a revolving door. It, lets, it allows dangerous criminals to get arrested and then just released uh, without uh, the judge having any discretion. If someone is a danger to the community, the judge is not allowed to consider that. That is lunacy. That is absolutely lunacy that the judge cannot consider that the arrestee is a danger to the community. I mean, that is, that is, that is ridiculous. That is just ridiculous. Um, That was one of the things that in the past, um, I want to just show you some, some video of, of, of incidents on the subway. That was something in the past that a judge of course could consider. Of course, That was one of the main things a judge, a judge could consider. Let me play this for you here. We
1: are going to begin with that shocking shove in the subway. Security camera video shows the situation as it unfolded on a platform at the East 149th Street Station on the 6th Line in Mott Haven.
3: I would to see reporter NJ Burke speaking to the victim about the terrifying moments and what saved him. He's live in the Cobble Hill section of Brooklyn. Newt. That's right Bill, he felt two hands on his back and the next thing he remembers is staring at the lights of an oncoming subway. The 400-ton train stopped just in time. Yes, he is grateful, but he's traumatized tonight. The northbound 6 train was rolling into the 149th street station when the man was pushed. In this surveillance video, the suspect is seen pacing the platform. The victim is wearing a blue jacket and a backpack. At one point, the suspect lunges in his direction behind his back. Moments later, as the victim steps to the edge to look for the train, he is shoved to the tracks as the suspect takes off into the night. German Sabio survived the attack with bruises on his legs. He says the train came to an emergency stop just in time. You saw the train coming.
0: Yeah. What
3: did you think?
0: I think the train was coming onto me. That's the only thing I can imagine that I didn't make it. But thank God that the, the train stopped in the time. I never think this guy was coming behind me. You didn't see him? I never saw him. at all.
3: No. Sabio says he was lifted from the tracks by Good Samaritans. He's seen the video and it's chilling. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing because he tried to do it in the, in the, in the one time, and he didn't do it, and then he went by, behind me. It's only the latest in a series of random, unprovoked attacks in the transit system. This woman was brutally beaten in Jamaica, Queens last month. Others have been shot and stabbed. Riders continue to ride in fear.
1: I'm scared. Somebody may come behind me and push me or hit me or something, you know, you never know.
3: I am taking the subway, but I'm keeping an eye on all my surroundings. German Savio says his attack is proof that police and the MTA need to do more.
0: The police will be in the, all, in the, all over the train station and these kind of people, they cannot stay on the, the street like that. They have to do something with them.
3: Yeah. Now, this happened late morning on Saturday. The NYPD has added hundreds of officers underground. In fairness, it's impossible to know how many of these attacks they are deterring. So far, 22 people have been shoved onto the tracks this year, one more than by this time last year.
0: It's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. However, um, there continues to be a huge amount of homeless, mentally ill people in the subway system. And that's one of the reasons I recommend that they bring back transit anti-crime because an anti-crime unit would spot this guy before he hit and they would either eject him from the system or prevent this attack from happening. Um, Scary, scary. And the amount of people that are pushed to the tracks Every year, it's just, it's it's an absolute, uh, it's an absolute crazy thing. You know, it's, uh, it, it's really ridiculous. And, you know, something, they, they have addressed subway safety. And it seems to me that even with addressing all of these things in regards to the subway, they're hampered by the system. And what I mean, hampered by the system? They're hampered by bail reform. They're hampered by the diaphragm law. They're hampered by um, the cops getting them getting rid of qualified immunity. They're hampered by police officers now wear body-worn video. Everything they do is videotaped. Is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. It remains to be seen. I think it shows how the officers are correct m- way more much more of the time than they're they're not correct.
3: This is breaking news.
1: police and Jana Lieber, the head of the MTA. We're here to talk about a core belief that we all share, that for 118 years, this subway has been the lifeblood of our city. It connects millions of hardworking New Yorkers, to their jobs, their homes, to their families every single day and it helps visitors from around the world explore the greatest city known to man or womankind. Without it, New York would not be New York. Since my first days in office, I've said we need our subway system to truly work. It has to be on time, but most importantly, it has to be safe. And the good news is since the pandemic ridership is up, we're currently averaging about 3.6 million riders a day. That's a great sign. It means that New Yorkers are finding their way back, getting back to normalcy in their everyday lives, they're getting back to work, they're getting back to school, they're visiting friends, they're going to shows. We have to make sure that that progress stays on track because even as ridership continues to tick up, it's still below pre-pandemic levels, but I want it all the way back and New York needs it all the way back. So that's ultimately how our city functions best more people on the subway, the less congestion. I walk the streets of this city almost every day. It is very congested. We also have to have a dynamic, heavily used transit system. We know there's a hurdle. There's a hurdle to what could be a barrier to getting us there. People are still very much concerned about transit crime. I've heard this from New Yorkers. As I said, I walk the streets, I take the subway, go to baseball games, like we're expecting in a few hours, there'll be a lot of people taking the four train up to see the Yankees. We all have heard, that, seen the subways, the, the stories, the headlines, violent attacks, muggings, a 15-year-old boy losing his life to violence just a week ago, nine homicides in our subway so far this year, tragic losses of life. Here's what we have to continue to do. Focus on what we have in our control. Focus on getting that sense of security back. And I'll continue to use the resources of the state of New York and bring this violence to end. I'm constantly asking my team and they're the best. We speak regularly about what we can do. I'm always saying, what can we do to make our subway safer? And my answer back to everyone, I say, do whatever it takes. And that's why we're here today to be joined by my partners, these leaders. We have a crime fighting strategy. We've leaned into proven law enforcement strategies, investing in new technologies that will make a difference. And we're providing New Yorkers the support and the help they need. Here's what we're calling it. Cops, cameras, care. It's easier to remember the three C's. Now, I, don't want, I want to be very clear here. This is not something we started thinking about recently, something we've been laser focused on, the MTA, NYPD, since the beginning. The mayor and I have been working to find solutions literally since his first day in the job, I believe it was January 6th, when we went to the subways together and talked about a new era of cooperation between the state and the city to solve these common problems that we share. We also talked about how we're going to continue to t- overturn every single stone in search of an answer. Because my top priority as the governor of the state of New York is to keep New Yorkers safe. and That means on our streets, in their homes, and on our subways. What we're announcing here today is a beefing up of the police presence on the subway platforms and cars. Proud to announce that MTA police, where I have oversight, they report to the MTA, which reports to me, we will be working with the NYPD to strategically deploy more officers and allow them to increase their presence on the platforms and trains as well. It's a tactical approach. Where is the need the greatest? How do we bring in reinforcements? We are the reinforcements. And that's what we're announcing here today. So here's how it'll work.
0: You know, folks, it's uh, it's the same old story. We've heard this story before, and um, really, it's how you deploy your forces. If if your transit police are down there and they're they're scarecrows and they're not engaging the criminal element down there, then they're just the same as cameras. And I'm not criticizing the officers at all. They're up against tremendous tremendous odds down in the subway. Marilyn Mineta, do you know who Hochul reminds me of? Nancy Pelosi with the eyebrows in the middle of her forehead up and coming. Nancy Pelosi, they look related, just being silly. If I don't laugh, I'll start crying. Um, well, they, you know, something, no, there's no plan for the subway system that hasn't been tried before. There's a blueprint for policing in New York City. There is, I've said it before, there is an absolute blueprint. And it was started over 30 years ago with the advent of broken windows style policing. But guess what? New York City has gotten away from broken windows style policing because to use broken windows style policing, you have to concentrate on the low level crimes, which they're not willing to do anymore. Therefore, when someone commits a low level crime, you, the criminal justice system, must be willing to put that person in jail. And guess what? They're not willing to put them in jail. They are not willing to arrest for jumping the turnstile anymore. I told you that is one of the most effective things you can do in the subway system. You can arrest someone for jumping the turnstile and it has a cumulative effect. People that get arrested for jumping the turnstile many times are carrying guns and When you're arrested for jumping the turnstile you recover a gun, you just prevented a robbery or an assault because that person was not on the subway system to do good things. He or she was on a subway to do bad things. But if you're not going to arrest people for jumping the turnstile, that's the low-level crime, broken windows. And that is what keeps people on the subway system safe. You can put up all the cameras. You could have live cameramen all over the place if you want. You can have all the cameras in the world, and it's not going to stop the criminal element from committing crime, or mentally ill from pushing people on the tracks. I mean, I think that's the most heinous thing, really, when you think about someone getting um, getting pushed on the tracks. I mean, getting pushed in front of a moving train. I mean, there's, there's nothing... As heinous as that, that someone could just push another human being onto the tracks and, you know, a subway train is unforgiving. And most of the time it cannot stop. Under very few circumstances does it stop. But you have these mentally ill people in the system, down in the hole, as we used to call it, uh, creating havoc, committing crimes, pushing people on the tracks. Just absolutely crazy. Uh, I want this is another incident. Watch this one. It's uh, ridiculous, but they all are
2: crime in our subway system the plan just unveiled today has three parts adding more cops installing more cameras and placing people with mental health problems at psychiatric centers it all comes as police continue to search for the suspect in yesterday's unprovoked attack at the myrtle wyckoff avenue station in brooklyn cbs 2's christine sloan spoke with the victim in an exclusive interview The victim tells me he can't move and that the attack has left him traumatized. Here's surveillance video of the suspect police are looking for. We warn you, the video is disturbing. Police releasing surveillance video of the suspect who violently pushed a man onto the tracks of a Brooklyn subway station at Wyckoff and Myrtle Avenues. In a phone interview, the victim, David Martin, tells me he's in severe pain. My collarbone is broken. And everything around it is
0: sprained, so I can barely move my left side.
2: The 32-year-old is also terrified.
0: I'm from New York City, and the trauma that I have, you know, the is pretty intense right now.
2: Martin says the suspect, seen here jumping a turnstile and fleeing, shoved him as he waited for the L train.
3: I got pushed on my side and before I knew it, I was on the tracks. The minute I landed, I opened my
2: eyes
0: and I'm looking into the tunnel. People were very nice to trying to pull me up, but I was in too much pain. So I walked to the end of the station and walked up a little ladder.
2: Just this week, there have been close to a dozen violent incidents at subway stations. On Thursday, a man terrorized riders on an A-train with a sheet that covers a samurai sword. The day before, a couple attacked on another train, but fighting back with pepper spray. Violent attacks, muggings, a 15-year-old boy losing his life to violence
1: just a week ago. Nine homicides in our subway so far this
2: year. Governor Kathy Hochul's joint subway crime-fighting plan with the city comes just two weeks before the election. The initiative places more cameras at stations and deploys uniformed officers to platforms and on moving trains.
0: But if New Yorkers don't feel safe, we are failing. And that's why the omnipresence of police officers and the removal of those who are dealing with mental health issues is crucial.
2: Hochul's Republican challenger says... It's
0: not enough. It's months late and it's many dollars short. And for the average New Yorker, they know what needs to get done to actually fix this. And they're barely even scratching the surface. Why aren't you talking about repealing cashless bail? You can have cops upstairs on the station, but you don't know if someone's going to push somebody in every... Part of the, city. the
2: mayor says the city will also target illegal encampments on the streets and get the homeless into impatient treatment the police union says it's not right to squeeze more overtime out of cops the solution here is better working conditions at Grand Central Station Christine Sloan CBS
0: two news you know folks it's uh it's really crazy because also officers have uh they have had it. They are basically overtimed to the max. I don't think they can or want to do any more overtime. Uh, you've got, uh, according to a, a recent report, you have four thousand cops are going to leave the job this year. Whether that is f- through retirement or quitting or just or going to another job, four thousand. Who is taking? the nypg job right now are there enough replacements and then when you replace veteran cops with rookie cops there's a uh, there is a, a long um process of learning the job and it takes a while for a rookie cop to uh to learn the job karen kennedy It's a whole breakdown of society and it starts with no one being held accountable with minor stuff, getting away with it. The people are fed up, still work with the system and vote them out. Well, you know, it. this is, as I said, there is a blueprint for policing in New York City. The blueprint was drawn up during the Giuliani administration when they started broken windows policing and when they started what was known as ComStat. And they held precinct commanders accountable for the crime statistics in their precincts. But that sort of went off the rail with things like bail reform, uh, the diaphragm law, qualified getting rid of qualified immunity, uh, all of these things, um, the decarceral policies of the district attorney's offices, not just Manhattan, all pretty much almost all five district attorney's offices have these decarceral policies, if you're not familiar with decarceral policies, what that is, is the unwillingness to prosecute and put anyone in jail. And that is a problem. Because when officers arrest people, there's no punishment. Uh, There's no deterrence. If there's no punishment for committing a crime, why would someone uh, care? They just commit a crime they're released on bail that night and they're out they're out again and committing another crime we've had criminals in new york city since this bail reform law been arrested for gun possession 3 and 4 times in a year that is outrageous that is like something that you know you, you can't believe that something like that could happen folks this is police off the cuff real crime stories, if you like real crime stories from a police perspective, if you like to learn about the criminal justice system, then you're in the right place. Uh, Please, if you're not subscribed, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and ring that bell. And if you want to contribute to our podcast, we have a Patreon with three different levels, and we also have a YouTube channel memberships with, count them, five different levels. And we all the folks in the green font that are in the chat, they're part of our YouTube family, and we appreciate them very much. Uh, well, there's Pony, the thought of being a single woman in New York freaked me out because of this. That's why I fled. You know, many people are leaving New York now. Uh, they say, show your displeasure with your feet and leave, you know. And places like Florida are getting huge amounts of people coming in from other states. And one of the biggest diasporas, they call it, is people from New York coming to Florida. So fleeing with their feet. And that's that's a real thing. People are going to where they feel safer. Uh, Cindy Lou, uh, add Soros the and you get a recipe for disaster. Well... The Manhattan DA that I, uh, I've i been tracking a little bit, when he first came on as district attorney, he wrote a nine-page, basically, uh, introduction introductory letter to his DAs. And basically, you know, the tone of it was there's a new sheriff in town. We're going to do things differently. And one of the things he said, me being a former anti-crime cop and sergeant and a street crime cop, One of the things he said was that he was going to take robbery first degree with a weapon, with a gun or a knife. And if the perpetrator didn't use that gun or knife to hurt someone during the commission of this robbery, he would consider pleading a robbery first degree down to a misdemeanor. That is beyond outrageous. That is something that when you tell that to a former anti-crime cop, I know we got Lieutenant Pete Pranzo is in the chat. We cringe at that. Robbery is a violent, violent crime. You know, it's you know one of the things that people don't understand. There's things. There's a whole page um, in the uh, penal law called uh, justification. I believe it's Article Thirty Five, and it says to prevent or terminate a robbery, a police officer can use deadly physical force. So. The penal law says that if an officer observes a robbery to prevent or terminate it, he can use deadly physical force. So the district attorney is going to take the posture that he would plea that down to a misdemeanor? Something that is in the penal law that deadly physical force can be used to prevent or terminate? And the district attorney is going to plea it down to a misdemeanor? He changed his song a little bit when... He realized he was hurting some uh, candidates that were running for office, and all of a sudden he changed up. But that is his posture. His posture is really not to prosecute and to take. It's something called diversion. Instead of incarceration or deterrence, whereby uh, having a penalty for committing a crime, there's something they put criminals in called diversion. And that's like, I'll give you an example of what it is. That's like um, a diversion could be anger management classes, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Drug Abuse Anonymous, um, Psychological Counseling. Those are diversion programs. Do they work? Look, I'm not 100% behind some of these diversionary programs. But for the worst cases, for criminals who continuously commit crime, I don't think you can put them in diversion. I think there has to be something called deterrence. And deterrence is penalty. It's like, you know, slapping someone on the wrist. But is that a deterrence? You know, look, we can discuss crime all night here, but it's the... There has to be a deterrence. The deterrence being something that'll make a criminal not want to commit that crime again because he was punished. Punishment, something called punishment, and that is what is severely lacking right now is punishment. And punishment becomes that diversion. Folks, if you're in the New York City metropolitan area and you're looking for a great defense attorney. Former police officer Joe Murray is one of the best defense attorneys we know in the New York City metropolitan area. You can call Joe on his cell at 718 514 3855, or you can email him at joe at jmurray law.com. His website is jmurray law.com. Joe is a big uh, supporter of police off the cuff real crime stories. In fact, I keep trying to get him on as a guest, but he's so busy with his law practice that he hasn't been able to take the time out to come on the show. And I'll keep asking him, but he's a busy guy. Joe Murray, jmurray-law.com, great defense attorney. So, folks, where do we stand now, though, with crime in New York City? Is it going to get better? Look, in the 90s, I think it was 1990. New York City had over 2,000 murders. 2,000. Can you imagine that? There's like 450 now, and that's the five boroughs. So we're nowhere near the level we were in the the early 90s. However, as crime creeps up, there has to be answers to it. Obviously, back in the 90s, someone came up with the answers to it. Broken windows policing, right? ComStat deploying personnel to address crime problems, holding precinct commanders accountable, anti-crime, street crime, narcotics, b b which stands for buy and bust. Buy and bust was happening 24-7 all over the city. We've got to get back to some of those tactics that made the citizenry of New York so safe. And, you know, maybe... The criminal justice system, the district attorney's office, doesn't have the heart or the soul to do that. Uh, Patricia Burns, I was going to say the same thing. Deterrence answer is good. Good parenting. Deterrence, what do we do with our kids? How do we get our kids to behave? We can sort of apply the same thing to criminal justice, right? We get our kids to behave through deterrence. They do something we don't like. They get punished, right? And is that a deterrence? Will that deter them from doing it again? Well, as good parents, we know, yeah, we know what we do to deter our kids. So what do we do to the criminal element? You know, it's the old thing with the horse. We heard the the carrot or the stick. Do you give the horse the carrot or you give the horse the stick? If the horse behaves, he gets a carrot. If he misbehaves, he gets the stick. Right, very simple, simple way to describe it. But that's a lot. um, What this is? Oh, another thing that we have to get back to. And you know, Governor Hochul talks a lot about guns and how to get guns. And her idea is to take them off the iron, or they call it the the um, the steel highway coming up from the south. All police officers know the way to get guns off the street is something called stop, question, and frisk. You've got to take the guns off the people out on the street that are carrying them. Stop, question, and frisk. Notice I did not say stop and frisk. I said stop, question, and frisk. And that's how we get the guns off the, um, off the street. And we have to have the district attorney's office prosecuting gun crime You know, I'd like to say it's not the gun, it's the person pulling the trigger. But certain people think that it's the gun. It's the gun. There's 320 million guns out in the United States right now, right? So is the answer to take the guns off the the steel highway, the iron highway, whatever they're calling it? No, the answer is to take the gun off the human being that is carrying that gun that wishes to do another person harm with that firearm. That is the answer. Folks, I don't know if you saw, but our, uh, in our merch, the Supreme commander mug is out. It's very popular. A few folks have showed me uh, on Facebook. They have a Supreme commander mug and they're very proud of it. I'm standing there like this, with my arms up addressing the troops. <laughs> And it says Supreme Commander. So, all you folks that were dying to get that mug, you can go on our website and order the Supreme Commander mug as well as some other merch that we have the Supreme Commander logo on. I think it's a funny thing. It's it's meant to be humorous. Uh, so I, I I think you know if you guys want to order it, it is there. It's um, in time for Christmas, in time for the holidays. So uh, again, the Supreme Commander mug is out there. Uh, Well, Willis Pony, will take a stop and frisk without question from our Supreme Commander. Thank you, Willis Pony. It's nice nice to hear from you guys. Um, So my answers to crime in New York City, I think we got to start targeting the low-level crimes again. Um, That works. Broken windows policing works. Uh, Are we willing to do it in this city? I don't know. It seems not. It seems like we're not. It seems like when they're not, um, they're not prosecuting higher level crimes. What makes us think that they would prosecute lower level crimes and go back to that style of policing that was so so successful in the '90s, in the 2000s, 2010, right up to an administration of uh, of. Bill de Blasio that was, you know, was still feeling the reverberations from. Um, but we have the blueprint. We have the blueprint to fight crime. We know how to fight crime. We're going to come back from this. The city is not dead. It's, it's going to come back. Crime uh, has ebbs and flows. I think when you want to uh, talk about crime and you want to talk about the city of New York, A good person to talk to is uh, Lieutenant Pete because he's been around for a long time, you know, and he was around when crime was even more out of control in the 90s. You know, he was a lieutenant commander in um, the 3-2 precinct back in the day when uh, crime was really crazy, you know. Kim Allison, hi, guys. Sergeant Bill, Detective Phil is such a blessing to all their fans and subscribers. If you can support them, please join YouTube or Patreon. Let's bless them for all their good service to the fans. Kim Allison, thank you so much. Thank you for supporting us. Guys, this was sort of a show that I, I wanted to do because I, I think you have to give back to to the city and give back. Like, oh, This is a little bit more of an educational show than uh, tonight's show anyway, than an entertainment show. And I wanted to show us where we are in crime in New York City and the fact that all is not lost and we can still take the city back and we can still make New York City safe. I always feel for the cops out there that uh, are working, seemingly working uh, without a lot of support from the citizenry. I don't think it's ever been this bad where they don't have the support. Um, Matty Sully, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Phil Leo, K.H. Walker, Willis Pony, all you guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Um, Judy B., trying to vote people out, too many criminals out there. Also, why do prisoners in jail get to vote? I don't want to go into, I don't want to get into that right now. That's a whole topic unto itself. You could probably do a whole show about that, you know, but um yeah, guys, I want to thank everyone. I'm just I'm going to do a little shortened show. I'm just going to do 50, five, zero minutes tonight. So I want to thank everyone that came by tonight. Uh, and BB2, the show is fitting. Our teacher is the supreme commander. I, you know, I, I love that. It's so, uh, to me, it's so humorous, but it came out of something that was true, it was on the police department. And when I was an anti crime sergeant, I jokingly told my guys that they should refer to me as the Supreme commander <laughs> and they used to do it and play along with the joke. And it was funny. And thus the coffee mugs, the Supreme commander coffee mugs are now out there for you guys to, uh, to enjoy and to get the precinct I was in was the two four when the Supreme commander, I was a two four precinct on West 100th street. Uh, Sissy Q grew up right next door to the five Oh, uh, So, guys, again, uh, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Every morning I've been putting out a one-minute video just to say good morning and uh, to give a little bit of a message of, is it joy? Is it joy or just a message of saying hello and a message of, um, I don't know, of cheer and wishing everyone well. So, guys, again, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow.
2: So just ain't enough